Well, hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. I'm obsessed by my curiosity. If you ask me what I really want, I say surprise me, please surprise me. Creativity means bringing together two things that have nothing to do with each other and form a third. One plus one equals three. That is my credo. Why are you creative is my motto. A simple question that brought me into contact with some of the most influential creatives of all time and finally changed the way I am seeing the world. Well, Herman Vasky said that. In the last week, I found time to watch the film currently screening on Sky Documentaries, Why Are We Creative?, first screened in 2018 and made by the filmmaker the just-mentioned Herman Vasky, who was inspired by the advertising guru Paul Arden whilst they both worked at Saatchi and Saatchi uh, back in the 1980s. And Arden inspired Vasky to start a long hunt for answers to that question, why are we creative? As part of a personal quest for over 30 years, Vasky filmed the many of the world's most intriguing artists and thinkers, including over 50 luminaries, among them Academy Award and Nobel Prize winners from the fields of visual art, music, acting, philosophy, politics, business and science, including David Bowie, uh, Ai Weiwei, Bjork, Wim Wenders, Philippe Stark, Yoko Ono, David Lynch, Yoji Yamamoto, Damien Hurst, Araki, Nick Cave, Stephen Hawking, David Hockney, the Dalai Lama, Marina Abramovich, Julian Schnabel and Vivian Westwood. I was initially intrigued to watch the film as Vasca's question seemed to have a connection to the question I ask photographers every week, what does photography mean to you? Having watched the film, I immediately wanted to watch it again. Vasca's approach to asking the question is eclectic and highly personal. He's dogged in making contact with those he wishes to connect with and pushes them to reach answers that seem as much of a surprise to the answerer as they do to the questioner. Although I speak a lot about the importance of narrative and storytelling when speaking about photography, of course a need to create is at the very fulcrum of our need to make, take and find photographs. Perhaps that fact is taken for granted, but it shouldn't be. As photographers, we are part of the creative industries and we are engaged with a creative practice. Watching this film certainly reminded me of that fact and it may have the same impact on you. Check it out. This week, we welcome to the podcast to explain to us what photography means to him, Mike Abrahams. Born in 1952 in South Africa, Abrams moved to Liverpool in 1955 and grew up there. Aged 12, he discovered the magic of the darkroom under the stairs in a friend's house and became hooked on photography. In 1970, after failing to get into medical school, he enrolled on a dentistry course in the hope that he could switch to medicine, but he was expelled after just two terms. In 1972, he enrolled on a photography course at the Polytechnic of Central London and discovered Bresson, McCullen, Leonard Freed, Robert Capper and Mark Ribot, who had visited the course to show his work. 
All of this, Abrams found transforming. In 1975, he began working as a freelance photographer with The Times, Sunday Times, Sunday Times magazine, The Telegraph and The Observer magazine. And he started to work with international magazines and newspapers also, covering stories in southern Africa, Gaza, Cyprus, Israel, Eastern Europe, Northern Ireland, the UK, as well as portraits of those in the arts and literature. In 1981, he was a co-founder of the much-missed and iconic network Photographers, the renowned picture agency. His work on Faith, A Journey with Those Who Believe, was published in 2000 and was the culmination of five years' work, documenting the extremes and passion of Christian devotion throughout 14 countries. Other important assignments have included coverage of the division of Cyprus, the Intifada in the occupied territories, the Berlin Wall, the collapse of communism in Eastern Europe, the rise in the influence of the religious in Israeli politics, the cult of Assad in Syria, the Jews of Damascus and Bradford's Muslims and the troubles in Northern Ireland. Awards for his work include the World Press Photo Award in 2000, the book Faith was a finalist in the Design Week Awards, and his work has been widely exhibited throughout the UK and Europe. Cathay Royal Books have published uh, six of his books of his work in 2022, and his work from Northern Ireland was published as Still War Photographs from the North of Ireland in 1989. His work has been widely exhibited and is held in the Museum of London and Science and Media Museum London. Abraham's current landscape work has been exploring the relationship between structures and their environment, and he's based now in London. Hello, I'm Mike Abrahams. When Grant asked me to record a five-minute slot on what photography means to me, my first thought was that it would be quite straightforward. But alas, it has not been so. One of the reasons photography has appealed to me is that I could express myself visually and not have to struggle with having to explain myself in words. My first experience with a camera was pointing a brownie 127 at family at friends, but became more serious when I discovered the magic to be found in a darkroom when age 12. This interest continued through my teens, looking at Life magazine, documentaries on TV, and a short clip on the BBC of Larry Burroughs working in Vietnam really sparked my interest. But it was not until I decided to pursue the craft further and at college discovered Cartier-Bresson, Don McCullen, Leonard Fried and Robert Kapper, and then Mark Rebu came to visit us and talk about his work, and that was enlightening. It was then that I realised that what interests me and what I needed to explore and understand had to rest foremost in my mind. When it all comes together, the issues, the emotion, the gestures, the composition, the multi-layers holding on to the important and separating that from the irrelevant, when they come together to make a strong image, it's magic. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it's a great feeling and it compels you to continue. In the analogue days, I really only saw in black and white. I found colour to be an irrelevant distraction. There were, of course, colour photographers whose work excited me, who managed to bring colour as an integral part of the poetry of their images, but too often I just saw photographs taken on colour film where the colour was irrelevant and had they been exposed in black and white, they could have told the story in a more vivid way. 
The darkroom was important to me. The process of engaging with my pictures, from the contact sheets to the enlarger, really looking at my pictures, thinking about what was going on and bringing that out as strongly as I could. At the end of the process, being being able to hold the print in my hands was important. The technical restraints of shooting colour transparencies hampered my ability to respond intuitively to the situations before me, and I just couldn't develop a relationship with the 24 by 36 tranny in its cardboard mount. Digital has changed much of this. As a young photographer, it was my priority to keep my overheads as low as possible so that I could invest the little money I had in pursuing the projects that interested me most. We had clients who paid for our film and processing, and we could do it ourselves. They gave us guarantees and assignments and published our work. It astonishes me when I hear of so many young photographers choosing to shoot film, with all the added costs incurred, with no one prepared to cover these expenses. Digital has been so liberating, its versatility and an image quality surpassing anything possible on film. We've been through major industrial revolution in photography comparable with those that have afflicted so many other industries. There have been benefits such as those just mentioned. It has also become more democratic business. It's no longer necessary to dispatch Western photographers across the world now that locals can cover their own stories. The traditional outlets of magazines, etc. have been financially decimated. Advertising has changed from print to social media. The markets are now controlled by the megaliths of Getty and Alamy, who do not support photographers but pile high and sell cheap. We as photographers do our work in an even more solitary way than ever before, glued to our screens. When we formed Network Photographers in 1981, Our aim was to gain strength by combining our resources, working in a cooperative rather than competitive environment, and to stimulate and support each other in the production of important work confronting social and political issues at home and abroad. Our work was published globally, and photographers were recognised by the many awards conferred upon them. I think we achieved some considerable success along the way. For me, I feel very privileged to have met the many people on the way and to have been allowed to enter their lives and tell their stories. I've also managed by hook and by crook to make some sort of a living. No bad thing. Thank you, Mike, for your contribution this week. And as anybody knows, uh, nothing is planned on this podcast. It's always synchronicity. So very interesting from my perspective to hear him talking about something that I'm about to talk about, which is to do with the decimation of the industry and the difficulties it are involved in earning a living. And that brings me to the NFT juggernaut that just keeps going with the likes of Chris Anderson, Matt Black and many more all appearing to embrace the latest photographic potential revenue stream. But it is not only current photographers who are dipping their toes into the cryptocurrency stream. With the August Sanders archive appearing as NFTs in the last week or so, The conversation around those who have claimed to have brought some of the best-known images and their desire to give them away as Twitter prizes is completely and utterly baffling. But anyway, this has led me to two thoughts. One of these is about being a perfect storm for the arrival of NFTs, and the other 
is that perhaps it's just a passing squall. Let me explain. So the death of other revenue streams over the previous decade, really, at least, seems to have been sped up by COVID. The inability to travel and client nervousness has definitely had an impact on the commissioning of photography. Now, what that means for photographers, particularly photographers, even those working for Magnum and similar kinds of agencies, some of the bigger names, they've been taking on commercial shoots, they've been selling their books, and quite often those books are around travel and longer-term, full-length projects. Well, of course, that's come to an end over the last couple of years, and I think it's caused a lot of people to get nervous and to worry about where the next revenue stream is going to come from. The NFT has appeared at this time, and that's why I'm saying it's like a perfect storm. Just at the point at which many photographers photographers are looking around and thinking, well, how am I going to earn money? Where is my revenue going to come from? Advertising revenue has dropped. Publishing has died off. I haven't been able to travel. Brands, as I say, are more nervous. Where is it going to come from? And the NFT has come in and provided that answer. Now, whether or not that answer is a long-term, short-term or realistic one, I don't think is important at the moment. What I think is important is to recognise why so many big-name photographers as well as no-name photographers in that people who are just saying, oh, well, this is a fantastically democratic world of the NFT with no gatekeepers, so I can now create work that I couldn't create before. Well, so from them to the big names, and then supposedly the big names give a certain sense that this NFT world is is solid and it's a good thing to get involved with. We will see what the long-term impact of this is. However, I do think it's really important... I know a lot of you don't want to hear even the letters NFT, and you've had enough of it. And I understand that. But I do think it's important to recognise that conflagration of situations which has caused the uh, rapid, I suppose you could say, move towards NFTs. Now, I also said perhaps it's just a passing squall. Well, I'd have to admit to occasionally enjoying reading old photographic magazines. A camera magazine, I have the bound copies of camera magazine from, I think, 1970 to the late 1970s. And I have quite a few late 1960s to early 1970 BJPs bound as well. They came from a library that was closing off and I got there with my car. But anyway... I quite enjoy reading them. I'm not interested in the camera reviews or the technical stuff. Occasionally, you find an interesting uh, profile of a photographer that gives you an insight into that photographer at a particular time of their career. But for me, most interesting are the letters pages. And that's where photographers are expressing their concerns and their worries and what's really going through their heads at that time. And it's incredible how often... I read those letter pages and people are getting very het up about something that we have no memory of and actually never came to fruition or wasn't a problem or wasn't a concern. And I sometimes think of NFTs in exactly the same way. 
Is this a moment, as I said, a perfect storm that has come at this point and which in one, two, three years' time we'll look back on and we'll say, NFT, what? Well, I think that that could be where we are. I know a lot of other people, again, will disagree with me, but I think what is most important with trying to focus on a career and trying to make a living from the photography is to concentrate on the basics and not get too, I suppose, taken to one side or distracted by the noise that's going on around you. It wasn't so long ago that everyone was saying to me that they needed a photo book and that that photo book was going to make them money. We go back before that, everybody needed an iPad digital version of everything because that was going to make them money. Now we're in the situation where everybody wants a digital little thing, a link to something that sits somewhere and that's going to make them money. Maybe with age, I just get more and more cynical. Or maybe with age, what actually happens is you live through more and more cons and different situations that occur. And you're able to put what is happening into the present into a context of the past. Anyway, I'm going to leave it to you to decide where you are with the NFTs. I'm trying not to speak about them too much because... To be honest, I'm as bored with it as you are. However, it is a relevant conversation. And every time another named photographer, a big named photographer, gets involved or something like the uh, August Sander archive gets involved, it draws me back in to ask questions about the why, the when, the where, the how. All of this is going to... um, I suppose, move forward and impact on photography in a bigger way. Maybe that was a little bit of a kind of tangential series of thoughts and comments there, but I think that's also suitable for NFTs because I don't believe anybody really knows where it's going or also really what's going on at the minute, despite the loud proclamations by many people who uh, define themselves by .eth on Twitter. Anyway, I think that's it for this week. We've covered a lot of ground, as we always tend to do in just 20 minutes. I'm pleased to say that I'm feeling much better. I've moved my desk to a a much higher height, and that's much more comfortable, and I've got a special kind of a chair to sit on. So that's all good. I'm looking after myself, and I'm taking care, and I hope you are as well. So you know what I'm going to say? Finish off every episode with the same two words. Take care.